Hello and welcome to Just One Thing. I'm Brad Stern. Here with Lisa Stearns. We're your hosts on this weekly exploration of simple ways to enhance your relationships, improve your health, manage your stress, and just be happier. Now settle in while we discuss Just One Thing. Good day. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Just One Thing. Today we are going to address a topic that will cover all of the areas that we normally talk about. Happiness, relationships, stress management, health. And we're entitling this YMBSR. That's Mike Bravo. I'm a mindfulness-based stress reduction. Mindfulness-based stress reduction. (laughs) And uh, we wanted to cover this because Lisa just came back from a 10-day seminar dealing with MBSR. And uh, so I wanted her to start off with, like, well, why MBSR? What's what's the big deal with with mindfulness-based stress reduction? You and I went to this last summer. We did our first five-day uh, they called it tools of MBSR at that point. And I think you and I did it just because it was something, mindfulness was something we were both interested in. Mm-hmm. It was five days. It was at a nice place. You were very Almost excited. Like a vacation, we were right, thinking. Yes. Right, similar to vacation. Uh, and it ended up being really hard work. But anyway, um, and, and you were very excited about the science. They were talking mm-hmm. a lot about the science of this, so it wasn't as woo-woo as some other things. Uh, but that's, that actually, since then, I've done seven days of silence, and now I just came back from the teacher training. And what continues to really inspire me and, and just pull me in is that this is evidence-based. There is so much science, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that is what it, MBSR is all about. It's, it's so, so tell us, tell me, tell our audience a little bit about the science and the background of MBSR and how it might maybe differ from other kinds of meditation, like transcendental meditation okay. or something that you do in a yoga class or, or even how it's the same, maybe a little bit. All right. What I love, the other thing that I love about MBSR, started by John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, it's been around for 40 years, and he started as a neurobiologist. Is that right? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yes. Uh, so he really has a science background, but he also came into his college years having had a background in Buddhism and some of the other uh, more Eastern practices. Mm-hmm. And just saw this beautiful connection and benefit medically mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. The, to using mindfulness as a way to help people heal, to get over depression, anxiety. But he didn't, he wanted it to be something that was evidence and science based Mm -hmm. so the first thing he did was pitch it to four doctors in the hospital okay and they they said fortunately they said Uh let's give it a try and i was up at the university of massachusetts medical center interesting okay and so that's really and and john's whole concept which is point number three that i love about mbsr john's whole passion and mission has been to make the practice of mindfulness and, and even going so far as meditation, although I don't like using that word, mm-hmm. to make the whole concept of mindfulness more palatable to the average person. Okay. So he kept all of the Buddhism references out of there. He kept all right. of the... Because I, I know there's a lot of 
backlash, particularly among some of the Christian community, about yoga, meditation, meditation etc., because right. it's somehow wrapped up in, I think people think they're trying to persuade them to be Buddhists right. or Hindus right. or something like or that. Or there's programming, mind right. programming that's going on, excuse me. Um, yeah, so John's whole thing was if you could take all of those references out of there, mm -hmm. would the average person be open to, to gaining the benefit of this mindfulness component? And along with that, um, the non-striving, non-attachment, uh, all those things, non-judgment. Mm -hmm. So all of those components, but in, a very, in very layman's terms. Mm -hmm. And since then, it has grown. It's now, uh, it's, it's doctor prescribed. It mm -hmm. is piped okay. into more than 250 hospitals uh, around the country where the doctor says, tune in at 10 o'clock on channel 27. Sure. And, and this, will, this will help your health. And uh, describe some of those health benefits and what's, what's going on with the biology or the brain that's actually making that happen. You're probably better at describing that than I am. Okay, you can refer back but to I will, me. I will, yes, I will do the best I can. So I know the ones right now, having just come back from the training, uh -huh. I know the ones that there is evidence to prove is stress, anxiety, depression, and... Stress, anxiety, depression. Something else. Something else. I can't remember the fourth so, one. So what's actually going on when you practice mindfulness that enables those pain? Pain. Yes. 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 What's, so what's going on biologically when you practice mindfulness that has a positive effect on those maladies? Um, what, I, what, what mindfulness does and the practice of mindfulness does is create a space between the thought that comes into your head and the necessity that you feel to automatically respond. Okay. Uh, there's more science to it. Why don't you yeah, talk well, to yeah, the science? I, I, I'm going to just cover it a little Go bit because we don't like to be really science. Yeah, I don't want to get bogged down with data. Much but of that. but uh, you know, certainly one of the things that it does is it um, activates the parasympathetic right? nervous system. So when you're you're anxious, something excites you, something makes you angry, you have an emotional response. That fight, flight, freeze right. response of your body takes over. You're pouring out noradrenaline, adrenaline cortisol, all those things, so your body is tensing up, it's ready to fight, and what we have in a modern society is a continuous yes. elevation of all of those things with, you know, long-term bad health consequences right. can contribute to all kinds of things, heart disease, cancer, anxiety, depression, you know, you name it, right. the inflammation that that causes, the elevation of all of those chemicals that won't go down can lead to just, just about... Obesity. And not necessarily you know, something that happens immediately, but over a course of yes. months and years, it can right. have tremendously bad effects. Right. And by practicing mindfulness, particularly a focus on the breath, slowing the breath, being aware of the body, taking a sort of looking at your emotions as they occur so that you're not attached to what's right. going on, all of those different things and the different tools of MBSR activates the sympathetic nervous system so that you're you're slowing down. What do you, what do you the Executive rest, function. And you call it the rest, digest, right. nervous system. Right. So all of the things and all of the chemicals that I described before, they're all turned off. Right. And all of the good chemicals, the slowing and the relaxation can take place. Right. And at the same time then, when that happens, your normal immune functions and everything are optimized. They can act the way that they want to, etc. Right. So the more you can practice this and do it, um, the better response you'll get the better your immune system will be, right. the less of those 
um, harmful chemicals will be coursing through your body, and, and it just has a, a profound positive biological effect on you when you practice it and, and do it all the time. Right. And, 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 and go ahead. I was just saying, talk to me a little bit about does it have an effect for beginners? Is there more of an effect when you do it longer? Is there benefit to practice? Those, those kinds of things. Um, the benefits, I think as soon as you start practicing and you have a consistent practice, you will notice a benefit. Don't you agree? I, I agree, and I think even for somebody who says, you know, I can't meditate. Right. You know, part of the practice is just being aware of your breath. Yes. And if, and if you just take one breath. That you're aware and of. And you pay attention to it, you'll at least get some immediate benefit yes. from that. Or, or, you know, one of the things, another practice that they call it the informal practice, one sip of coffee. You know, hold the cup. Pay attention to it. Smell I, feel, I, feel, the, I feel the warmth of my the thumb. What's the warmth? Smell the, the sense. Feel the liquid going into my mouth. Right. Notice how your mouth responds as the cup comes up to your face. And that takes me out of... Whatever craziness is going on in right, my head. Right. So that focus right. on the now. Right. The mind. Yeah. And, and I think it's what what is important to me and, and what continues to be important about the layman's terms of this I hear so many people say, well, my mind is so busy I can never quiet my mind. And that's not what, it's not about quieting your mind. Mm -hmm. It is really about focusing on something else that gives you that space mm -hmm. to recognize that your mind is racing. Mm -hmm. And as soon as your mind, as soon as you recognize your mind is racing, that's when you know that you're in the moment. And uh, I listened to a podcast, uh, I can't remember, I think it was probably six months ago, and I liked the the analogy that the person gave says, like, your mind is inevitably going to wander because yes. your mind is just built like that. It's yes. searching it's out all kinds, all kinds of, of things. It's looking right. for sensory input. Yep. When you when you meditate, you're focused on breath, or in certain cases, you're focused on an awareness of what my foot feels like, or Another what's going anchor. on in my knees, some other, you know, something else going on in my body, or sounds, whatever you're focused focused on, you're going to notice your mind wandering. And that's a good thing. Right. Because when right. you notice your mind has wandered, and you say, ah, my mind has wandered. Let me come back to my breath and focus on that. Oh, it wandered again. Let me come, come back. back to my breath or right. whatever you're focused on. Think of that like a rep. Yes. That's like lifting yes. weights. You know, like, oh, that's one rep. came back. I found, I got it. Oh, wait a second. I, I, right. I, I, I got to come back. Right. Every time you come back, that's a rep. And those right. reps just make you better and better at doing that. Right. And, right. and, and I, going back to the science a little bit, the more you practice those reps, the longer every day, the more days in a row, it actually will restructure your brain Yes. such that you can quiet that chatter. It will yes. never go away, no. but you can quiet it. You can create a longer space between a stimulus and your emotional reaction, right. within which you can choose, how do I want to react to this, rather right. than just going, ah, oh, right. crazy. Right, right. So. yeah. Um, yeah and, that, and that's exactly what happened to me during this training, was just the ability to, to be in every moment and the stimulus there was there was lots of situations that came up that were either hard or stressful for me mm -hmm. or reminded me of uncomfortable sad angry threatening things and in the past I just automatically my body would have been in panic mode mm -hmm. and yet when the when the sensation came up I trained my body to recognize the sensation means something's going sure. on once that sensation comes around, oh, wait a minute, I need to pause right. and check in with what's going on 
and how would I like to respond? And so the situation was completely different than, than all of the mm -hmm. 60 years of my life before this. And um, I think you noticed when I went to the training last year a profound effect in me. Oh, absolutely. It really hasn't gone away. Right. Which I find interesting because I, I learned to meditate and started meditating in graduate school, right. which was what, 35 years ago, more. I can't count that high. Right. <laughs> Uh, when I took a seminar on Chinese philosophy, I started meditating and virtually meditated almost every day since then. Right. But when we went to the seminar last year, the sessions were longer. Yes. The sessions were guided. Yes. Rather than me just sort of trying to meditate myself. Somebody was guiding it through yep. me. And about halfway through, three quarters of the way through the, the program, I just felt different. All of a and sudden, my meditation I yep. felt different. And um, that calmness, ability to think about how I want to react in situations just became noticeably more profound after yes. that week. Yes. And my meditation daily hasn't really been longer right. than it was before, right. but somehow that five days away, meditating all day, every day, just was like enough for my brain to go from like amateur to professional, right. Right. if you will. And that right. practice sort of, I've been able to maintain that. And I just... Although I've always been kind of calm and zen, I'm like remarkably yes, much yes, more so. noticeably different. And I think it's important because one of the things that they brought up at our training is there's new research to show that, uh, particularly with people that have experienced trauma, so that's PTSD, mm -hmm. that's accidents, um, any kind of major stressor, frequently they have trouble finding the breath. Mm. And it, 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 because it, it feels constricted, because okay. of the fear associated, the, the fight, flight, or freeze. And in those instances, uh, it's best for them to find another anchor point. So, so talk to me very quickly about some of the tools that are part of the MBSR toolbox. We talked about focus on breath. Right. You said that's hard for some people. So what right. other tools are in that that are part of the sort of the coursework of MBSR? So if, if the breath is hard to find, or, mm -hmm. or, or it's really a noticing of where you're experiencing the breath, mm -hmm. so it's not orchestrating the breath, it's not trying to have big breathing, not long breathing, it's just can you locate where the, you're experiencing the breath. But if that's something that's not accessible, then you can um, direct your mind to points of contact. So if you're sitting, it might be where is, where, is your, right, where is your thighs coming in contact with the seat? How do your feet feel on the floor? Mm -hmm. um, you can also choose to tune into sound, sound and have sound be your focal, your anchor. They kept mm -hmm. referring to it as the anchor during this training. So you can choose other anchors um, that, that are, and some are easy for some people and some mm -hmm. are not. Uh, I found sound to be a particularly challenging one for mm -hmm. me. And just after a year, I'm just getting to the point that I can use sound okay. as a focal point. But the tools are um, what they refer to as a body scan. So mm -hmm. that's laying down during short to, to longer periods of time and just checking in with different mm -hmm. body parts. There is seated, what they call formal meditation, which includes your seated mm -hmm. meditation. There's um, in, and there's uh, uh, walking meditation, right. which is also a formal. And, and I have a story to tell about that at some point. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's also mindful movement slash yoga. It, it really is not really yoga, I would call it moving your body. So that you to feel what's going on with right. your joints, the weight shifting, etc. Right. 
And, uh, and then there's the informal practice. So the informal practice is noticing well, what it feels like when you're taking a shower. We talked about with this. Notice what it feels like teeth. when you're brushing your when teeth. When I touch your shoulder. Right. What, yes, <laughs> yes. What does it feel like when, when I'm sitting outside in the wind is, is kissing my cheek. So those are all areas of, of awareness and tools that you can use right. during the end. I think we will come back to this at some point. Yes, there's a there's lot so to unpack much here. It's been so valuable to us. But we're coming to the end of our time. So as it relates to MBSR, what would you have somebody do as just one thing? Um, I, I guess it would be to, if you thought about meditating and it makes you, you can feel a door closing mm -hmm. in your mind, right. um, to think about it in a different way. Think about it as brain training. I like brain training. That's what I use with my clients. Yes, okay. yeah. So think of it as exercise for your brain to train your brain to think where you want it to think. Right. Um, and my, my just one thing is along those lines, but I would say go to Wikipedia, look up MBSR and just find out a little bit more about it. Yes. And the science, there's a little more of the science right. behind it. It's something that's, like we said, it's, it's, it's sometimes still considered alternative, but it's very much evidence-based. And, yes. and the Center for Mindfulness has recently moved to Brown right. University and they really want to focus on the science, the science and the research yes, behind this to, to promote it more right. and make it more widespread so that, you know, it's available through health insurance, all of those right, kinds of things. Right, right. And, and actually there is an article in the uh, one of the Time Special Editions hmm. um, on happiness. Oh, excellent. Okay. And the science of happiness, it's called, and it, and it specifically uh, points to MBSR. There's an article excellent. of someone that took the excellent. MBSR training. Thank you for sharing. And Thank you for joining time, us. Thanks for joining us. If you need some health, fitness coaching, bradsterns.com. And if you need some business life coaching, lisasterns.com. Until next time, goodbye. Take care.